paying attention to what's going on. We're this not going to get sued by... This is the most exposure they've ever had. We're not going to get sued by Sunseed. By Sunseed. <laughs> we'll owe them a bunch of Canadian dollars. It would it would be worth it if just to see them in court and hope they're still dressed like that. <laughs> they're like, prove this was you, and they have to perform. <laughs> Did you uh, ever see that movie? Uh, what was it called? Big Eyes with uh, Christoph Waltz. Uh, no, I know what you're talking about. I didn't see it though. It's about it's, the artist or something. Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah. pretty good because there's a scene like that where they're disputing who came up with the idea for a specific style of art, and the judge is like, "Well, get two canvases in here and both of you paint it, and we'll see who invented it." Like whoever can do it, obviously, is the one that did it. That's like. King Solomon right? style. Like, like that's next level judging. Chop the baby in half and like, yeah, well, exactly. like get, get him in here. We'll do a display. And like, yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a good judge. And it's like true. It's based on a true story too. So I guess that really happened. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. All right. So we on? We're on. We're going. All right. Cool. So hello and welcome to this week's edition of the time and place. Almost said, tell him Steve Dave. But, uh, <laughs> that's how he starts it. <laughs> yeah, that's how he starts that podcast. I always like that. Like, Hello, never, welcome to this week's edition of Tell Him Steve Dave. I've listened, and then he like uh, introduces everybody because it's all audio only. So we don't have to do that because you can just see. You see that it's it's both of us. It's just yeah. two of us. We're, We're Abby Abby today. tonight. So um, yeah, she is off. Like I guess changing her life or something. <laughs> Tonight, so she's bettering herself as we sit here. Bettering yourself, uh, <laughs> her and her family are bettering themselves. Maybe, possibly, maybe that's what they're taking tonight off. But yeah, um, yeah so it's just Julian and I um, holding down the fort here. And tonight we're going to talk about uh, music and culture from a Christian worldview, and primarily how Christian culture just has often been so cheesy mm. and. Yeah, especially through the '90s. So, so Julian and I are our '90s kids, oh, yeah. and uh, we grew up in the thick of all that contemporary Christian music of when Christian started rocking out. You know, Christian music uh, started. <laughs> no, I guess it started. I guess it started more like in the '60s and '70s, probably. But um, it was but like, really when it became an industry. Like it was a yeah. It wasn't ride. just a novelty. Right. They yeah. weren't. They weren't seen as like sinners straying from. Um, and, and stuff, I think, anymore. I think it was becoming more accepted in the, oh, yeah. through the 90s, through the 80s and 90s, Christian rock and Christian contemporary music. But um, C- CCM, contemporary Christian music, mm. has, has its own little term, CCM. They had a but, magazine. Um, Do you remember CCM magazine? You could buy it at a family Christian store? No. Oh, so great. we grew up with, I know my mom will appreciate this. All my Wichita Falls friends will appreciate this. Uh, and I guess it's a North Texas thing because Abby was talking about it too, and she's in, what, Amarillo? Yes. Yeah, uh, Mardell Christian bookstore, <laughs> Christian store. Never. It wasn't, heard even, of it. It, it wasn't even just a bookstore. It was a Christian store. It was just they sold like all kinds of stuff, and that is where you would buy the Jesus Reese's T-shirt <laughs> and the <laughs> the uh, Spirit instead of Sprite T-shirt. God, all like cool. all copyright <laughs> infringement. Was not, I did not care at all. Uh, just ripping off all logos. Dude, my dad everything. for sure had a bunch of those shirts. <laughs> there was all, a, all, all. <laughs> what, God's gym, where it was like a gold gym, but was Jesus was gym? pushing the cross. Yeah. 
What, so yeah, there was that one. There was the Gold's Gym with Jesus like on the cross mm-hmm. instead of like the guy with the dumbbells. <laughs> but he's like and, still jacked. Yeah, he's like super ripped. And <laughs> but the, yeah, the one I saw was like God's Gym, and he's like on the ground with the cross on his back. Yeah, he's doing like a push like, doing reps like yeah. with the cross on his back. <laughs> And I'm like, wow, okay, <laughs> that's weird. Because it's in your face. <laughs> it was that was there was no that's, you know back. that's one thing I do kind of admire about uh, '90s Christian culture is they were not ashamed. <laughs> they were putting it out there. They were in your face. Not ashamed, not yeah. ashamed at all. Even when they should have been. <laughs> I th- it was just like no one saying no, or just it was the, <laughs> It was like someone had an idea and they just let's go with it. Yes, yeah, spirit. Money. Like someone saw spirit and that saw sprite and saw spirit and it's like let's go with that. Gee, what else? What, what else? Like let's just keep going. Look at all teach all sodas, all candy, all logos, and everything. A, a generation of dads in khaki cargo shorts were just loading up on those. We're like, yes, this, this is what it means to Christianize the culture. Exactly. This is outreach. People will see this and they'll know I'm yeah. hip to the culture. And they'll be saved. They'll see this automatically. Jesus. Then, you know, then Jesus is cool. It's that yeah, we're making Jesus cool now. And if we make Jesus cool, then people will like him and then they'll <laughs> accept him. And we have to sneak it in and just make it cool. Yeah. That's def- I mean, that was definitely the <laughs> rationale behind it. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, that was the music. At one point it was just like, what's the Christian version of whatever's popular right now? Like is, is I remember we got a boy band. I remember there was uh, there was that literally that happened. There was a magazine called Plugged In, uh, and it was all about like Christian rock, and it was it was it was like CCM magazine for kids or for yeah. like teens. Yeah, you know, and it was, it was called Plugged In, and they would do like movie reviews of secular movies. You know, okay. so like a movie would come out, and they would do a movie review of it and say, but they'd go into like all the rating and stuff and. If there was nudity, if there was cursing, if there was violence or anything, but they're also it was actually pretty good. They would give like a Christian perspective of it, like mm-hmm. this, like this movie blatantly denies the gospel or whatever, or like, <laughs> hey, this character, this was how kind of the gospel shown through. And that was really cool. I really liked like that kind of stuff. But um, they had they had a little list one time. It was like, if you like Dave Matthews Band, you would like. This Christian here's the here's the Christian version of these things, and it was like all these kind of things. And some of the comparisons I can't remember. I think one of the comparisons was like, I think Dave Matthews Band was like Big Tent Revival, and I kind of see that. Yeah, I was like, okay, you know. And I didn't know a lot of the like secular music at that time, but um, I remember seeing those. And it was like uh, there was something with like U two. I can't remember who the U two was, oh, but. Man. There was yeah. there was one, but but that's weird because like everybody sees Bono as like kind of a Christian and like right, right. he's like the, kinda, he's the coolest the, Christian you know. Yeah, like kind of walks that line. Yeah, yeah. My mom says she got some homeschool curriculum at Mardell. Yeah, Mardell. Mardell was like I actually like Mardell. That was a cool place like as a kid going to because they had like the little Thomas the Train set like uh, <laughs> set you know where you could like yeah yeah the table like what they have at Barnes and Noble now yeah yeah exactly they had that and then they had. Um, they had just like toys. They had like little lions and dinosaurs and mm-hmm. things and just like generic, no brand name toys. You know, it was kind of like Hobby Lobby, I guess. It, okay. was, just, it was really it was a lot like Hobby Lobby. It was Lobby. exactly like Hobby Lobby. Is what it was exactly, like. Yeah, it pretty much was, was Hobby Lobby. It was like a cut rate Hobby Lobby. So um, we had a uh, family Christian <laughs> store was the store. 
That was like, yeah, that was everything. And I found out actually, I don't know if you listen to the labeled podcast, but uh, they were going over like the history of getting tooth and nail and stuff into Christian record stores and why it was so hard. As apparently the, oh, okay. store that, the store that became Family Christian Store started in like 1895. What? Yeah, it was like a, oh. a like a family bookstore, and it just slowly morphed into like this juggernaut when the uh, Baptist Convention got behind it and pushed it, and that kind of shaped what mm. they sold and everything like that. So, yeah, nice. that's what, it was. It was the Christian Store. We did not Family Christian Store, but Lifeway Christian Store. When I was in oh. high school, they came and recruited us to work uh, like their convention as like sales clerks, teenage sales clerks for them. And at your at your high school? Yeah, my high school. Yeah. What was your high school thing? I guess it was, <laughs> it was Rainbow Hills Baptist School. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> to boys the worst game. Men. Rainbow, <laughs> Rainbow Hills. School for boys. The worst. Baptist school. (laughs) The most flamboyant name for the most Southern Baptist place I've ever been. They're like completely oblivious. Yeah, irony was completely lost on it. Yeah. They were taking it back. I wish you had seen, oh my God, it was beautiful. So the elementary school shirts, like the field trip shirts you would wear, they were baby blue, like powder blue. And they had a giant like cartoon rainbow just on them. And it said Rainbow Hills. And then it said something like the promise never ends, which still sounds weird if you don't have the context for it. Like, what does that mean? And why are you yeah. leading a line of children with that catchphrase on there? Yeah. It was Jesus touched weird. you. Yeah. Because <laughs> he will. <laughs> he touched me. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, so we're thinking about starting with um, kind of our introduction to music in general. I think we both pretty much started with Christian music as kids, oh, yeah, right? Sure. That was we just grew up in church, grew up in a Christian home. And so music was just uh, church music. And at our, when we were in the nineties as kids was contemporary Christian music. So my, my first tape, I was talking about this with my (laughs) wife. I I thought, I thought my first tape was newsboys uh, going public on one side and audio adrenaline don't censor me on the other side. There's two Christian bands in the 90s. So there was like, for me, it was like the trifecta. And I think this is kind of how it was for everybody. It was DC Talk, mm-hmm. Newsboys, and Audio yep. Adrenaline. Yep. We're like, the I think the, the biggest and I think the best of like the late 80s <clears throat> and uh, early 90s music, Christian music, Christian rock music was uh, DC Talk, Newsboys, and Audio Adrenaline. That was like the trifecta at least for me, was of, of bands. You and, can sell uh, out any arena in the country with those three bands with, like, the churches in town. Every youth group would have gone to that. Yeah, every youth group. That was the big thing of, like, the early 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 90s. Um, and then, you know, those they're all still around in some in some form today. But, uh, yeah, go, my first tape was a recorded tape. It wasn't even an official tape. It was a, <laughs> it was a burned tape I think my dad made from – another CD or another tape or something. And one side was newsboys going public and audio adrenaline. Don't censor me. And the the song like cut off the, the, on don't censor me. I remember the songs like cut off. They didn't, there was enough. He didn't check the runtime on the tape. How many minutes he had? (laughs) I don't know. He's just like, whatever I get on the CD, like whatever I get on the tape. And so now when I listen to don't censor me, I know where that it cut off because I learned it. With the cutoff, <laughs> I remember I got the CDs. I finally heard the end of these songs. <laughs> but oh, but I think I remember that specifically at, at one house we lived in. But I remember another house earlier we lived in, listening to a tape, and 
it was Hanson Mbop. Okay. That was <laughs> like Hanson. I think that was my first tape. Oh, I, man. I think that was my sister's tape. So it wasn't mine. My first my tape was Newsboys. And then my first CD was also Going Public by Newsboys. Okay. So my first tape really and my first CD were like the same thing, which was Newsboys. Hmm. So I, I don't that, remember. That really. My first tape would have had to have been DC Talk. I think you without think? question. Yeah, that was it was no, it was probably free at last. <laughs> okay. I think free at last was the first tape I got. Because I remember going to a DC Talk concert. It was a uh, when Billy Graham came to town and like it was Billy Graham's here, everybody get on board. So DC Talk was touring. Billy Graham. Yeah, they opened for Billy Graham. Like literally, they were his opening act. They were the opener. And we were walking through the lobby, and I remember seeing the CD for Jesus Freak. And it was the first time I saw a CD. I was like 10, 11 years old. And I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a small book. I was like, that's a really weird thing to sell at a table with music. Yeah, I remember we'd get the little like CD ROMs and stuff. So I knew that or like the aol things yeah the free minutes three minutes or whatever i knew like yeah. a cd and i knew like what cds were but my my dad got me like a little boombox stereo thing with a cd yeah, player yeah. and and newsboys going public yeah it had to so it was I, the first one for sure it was free at last and then shortly after that i don't remember yeah. what the company was called but it was almost like columbia house where you would order cds for like a dollar Oh yeah, my parents went nuts on that because they had one that was just Christian music. So they ordered everything. It didn't matter if they had heard of it before. They were just whatever they got, they were ordering. So like rapid fire after that, it was uh, Rich Mullins, Michael W. Smith, uh, all the Newsboy stuff. Uh, MXPX. That was the first time I heard MXPX was on a sampler from that uh, (laughs) label. There was a it was a CD called Seltzer. I'll never forget that. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I I remember it was that. Yeah. it was like a Christian rock compilation. Yeah, so it had like yeah, yeah. Plank Eye, uh, yeah. MSPX, like random bands like that. Yeah. So that was Plank pretty I, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. that uh, I had one too. It was called like Extreme Worship, and they had it had um, like a snowboarder on the on the cover. And, <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> and it would that that one had like um, it came with a bag of Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it came. It, 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 it that one had uh, "I Want to Know You," and okay, um, yeah, yeah, which, which like later people started calling "In the Secret," and yes. I, which I did not appreciate because I was like that song is I learned it on guitar. It's called "I Want to Know You," and but it starts like you know "In the Secret" in the choir, yeah, play. So it's like it became "In the Secret." Like all right, whatever. And then Audio Adrenaline, like in the early two thousands or like mid like like oh seven oh eight ish, became Audio A. Or something. I remember that. Yeah. And I was like, Audio A. You mean Audio Adrenaline? And they're like, Audio A. Audio A. I was like, That's Audio Adrenaline. They've been out since like the 80s. So, yeah. Yeah. Take Me to Your Leader was uh, Newsboys. I I think that was my first concert, I think, if I remember right. I still kind of like that CD. That was kind of a cool CD. CD. It's super weird, and I loved it. Yeah. Take Me to to Your Leader is really freaking great. uh, God is not a secret. So I learned this, that uh, Newsboys, Going Public, Take Me to Your Leader, um, those entertaining angels, those albums were really freaking good. And they were mostly written by this guy named Steve Taylor. And oh. he, you know Steve Taylor? I know Steve Taylor, yeah. Yeah, he was like the writer, the lyricist for Newsboys. That's crazy. At that time, yeah. Because he, he had his own kind of career in the 80s. Yeah, uh, yeah. Of like what we were talking about. Of like, But it, he, he was 
Steve Taylor was before his time. Oh, big time. He had some really good songs and people I think just weren't ready for it. They no, just weren't at all. He was he was trying to do newsboys kind of stuff in the yeah. early eighties. And people just were like <clears throat> didn't care for the rock thing. And but man, it, he like made it good. He was like really doing good stuff. He had a song called Lifeboat and it was about there, there used to be a game, I guess, like in the fifties or sixties that school, the kids would play in school called lifeboat. Hmm. And what they would do is they put all the kids like in this little lifeboat and they would say, you're a baker, you're a doctor, you're a mechanic, <laughs> you're a teacher, you're whatever. And they would throw people out according to what, who, who's more important to society. Okay. And so like baker, you're gone. Or like, so it was a practice you know, run for right now. Yeah, like janitor, you're gone. Doctor, we keep, you know, and whatever. And so okay. it was like super controversial, and it, it became like, like okay, maybe we shouldn't really do that anymore. And so he, but Christians, I guess, were, were kind of saying that, like, hey, this isn't right. Like, this is, you know, we're all created in the image of God, and and uh, to be, you know, equal in in. So they stopped playing that game. And, uh, but he has a song about that and how like messed up that kid that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I and, remember uh, yeah. the, my first experience with Steve Taylor was uh, in my youth group. I was like 12 in my youth group. There was a, a DVD that had the Newsboys on the cover. And I thought it was a, a, a like a concert movie. Mm. So I was like, oh, can I borrow this? And the youth leader was like, yeah, you can borrow it. Just bring it back next week. So I took it home and watched it. And it was a movie. It was like a, a movie starring the Newsboys, directed and written by Steve Taylor, about them. <laughs> it's, it's as weird as it sounds. It was literally, you remember the song, um, oh God, what is it? It was the one about I remember uh, reality, reality, yeah. in reality. It was, it was that song, but as a script for a movie. That's so a great, that's a great song. A great song. So the yeah. whole plot was that Phil Joel ran away to join the circus. And yeah. Through happenstance, he meets the newsboys and they put on a show to to save the circus or whatever. And there was weird, like abstract, like uh, absurdist movie stuff. Like one of them had a remote control where they could rewind the movie and it would go back and replay. <laughs> it was yeah, it was weird, man. But that was the first time I remember seeing Steve Taylor, the guy. And I was like, I gotta know more. This guy's weird. I gotta know more about him. Yeah, he had a song called "Jesus Is for Losers." <laughs> and and it was it was really good, but it was about you know it was like it was that title. It was that like you know what you know. And I think that's why people that's why he like was ahead of his time of like having a song yeah. called "Jesus for Losers," and he's talking about like the the last shall be first, you know, and like right. the it's it's not it, it's it's not like people who love Jesus are losers. It's you know only the losers win kind of thing, right. and like the, you know the beatitudes and the downtrodden and the, the meek shall inherit, you know, so. That's what it's about. But it was it was just cool how he did the lyrics and did the, the, the name of that, like Jesus for Losers. And he had another song called Banner Man, and which was like making fun of the guy at sports, the sports like uh, football games and basketball games or whatever that would hold the three John Oh, yeah, the John 360, yeah. Because <laughs> that became like a big popular thing at, at sports uh, sports events is for someone just John 316. Just that's it, you know. No, I remember no. that guy, yeah. Yeah, and so it, it was it was just like anybody. So that became Banner Man. So whoever did that was Banner Man. And so he would, so the song is called Banner Man. And it was really funny, it was just making fun of that. And again, I think people, Christians just weren't, ready to poke fun at themselves that way, you know, <laughs> the way he was doing it. But um yeah, he wrote all like all a lot of the songs, like all the my favorite songs from Newsboys were written by Steve Taylor. And so yeah, that was they had a lot of great lyrics in their mm. song. 
and stuff. They, uh, so I was looking at like the history of Christian music, trying to find the origin point. Cause it, it, it like, to me, <coughs> I'm done. Hold on a second. <coughs> Christian music. Corona. You got the Rona. Christian music and gospel music don't feel like the same thing to me. Gospel so when, music? Yeah. Uh, when I think yeah, gospel music, yes. Or like even like 50s, yeah. like uh, some some old white man with big hair playing the guitar with his family band, like that's gospel music. So I was like, okay, yeah. so where did Christian music come from? Yeah. And the, the thing that it goes back to is the 60s and 70s, the Jesus movement, the Jesus freak movement. The Jesus Freak movement, yeah. All the hippies that got saved were like, well, we play guitar. Let's play guitar for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that was kind so of the, the hippie, hippie, hippie Christian stuff. Right, yeah. The hippie Christian yeah. stuff, yeah. That was the yeah. beginning of it. And then it was like sanitized over time when it was like, oh, there's a market for this. So let's mainstream it a little bit. Yeah. And that's where you get uh, <laughs> your mom just mentioned like the one who I remember when I was a kid was my mom's jam was Amy Grant. Amy Grant, yeah. Amy Grant was like the the pop star of Christian music. Yeah, yeah, she was the Mariah Carey of. Yes, she and was. she was she was the she was the queen of Christmas too before Mariah Carey. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then Mariah Carey came along and, and knocked her off as the, oh, z- the queen of Christmas. Yeah, Dave uh, Dave Martinez shouting out Petra. Petra, Petra, Petra was good too. Petra. I had. They had, they had Petra Praise, mm-hmm. and those like were the only two I had, which were praise and worship songs. They weren't really like, like uh, they didn't write those songs. It was right. like, Lord, Lord, I lift your name on high. Yes. I love were you, they're Lord. Like, they're and, standing on the mountain, and it was like the rock yeah. cries out or something. Yeah. Dude, those are good, though. Like, they're, they're uh, I, I, I love you, Lord. I lift your name on high. Gosh, that, it was like, it was really good. Uh, Petra Praise, Petra Praise 2 specifically was like, I remember the, the cover of that was like a guy holding up the crown of thorns from be, like a, the sh- a shot from below. And I drew that with my pencil. I like <laughs> drew the, the album cover. But I thought it was like so rad. I, and uh, I, <laughs> I drew that. I found one today that I'd never heard of called The Choir. And they're yeah, they were like a late eighties one and they were almost in the vein of like REM. Oh jeez. And no, yeah. it's it, like I listened to it expecting it to be terrible. Like I looked up uh it was like the ten most influential songs on early Christian music, and it had stuff you would kind of expect, like Larry Norman was on there, uh Keith Green was on there. Keith Green. Yeah, Keith Green, Green was, was Afro. I you know, I I only remember Keith Green from like that one picture where he's like doing this and he has the afro like all the tribute albums. Tight pants and stuff. Yeah, yes, yeah. dude. Those polyester super tight pants. <laughs> but uh yeah, the Keith choir Green. was on there and I looked them up and they're actually pretty good. Like they could yeah. they're not quite REM, but they could have been like on an eighties mix, like eighties drive time radio. The not choir REM. Uh, you hate you don't like REM either now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, REM. I mean, REM's so, not as good as some like yeah. they're not Depeche Mode, but they're Depeche <laughs> Mode. Oh, God. So we we were talking, we we're texting last night and kind of talking about music and stuff and what we liked in high school, and uh, we were talking about how like, yeah, well, <laughs> like dad rock. Who's echoing? Are you echoing or am I? Echoing? I'm echoing. I'm, I'm trying. I, I think I went live or something. Yeah, you probably clicked on the. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to share. The, I'm trying to like keep the comment <laughs> on Facebook and stuff, and I'm messing things up. 
But um, no, we were talking about like identifying people <clears throat> by what kind of music they like. Yes. And I think that's that's something that's done a lot. And I yeah. think that's something that that when, when you were like listening to Christian music, it was always like, you know, it, it, even today when it was like, oh, what was your first, first CD? What was your first concert? Mm-hmm. What was it? And it's like uh, Christian rock. <laughs> and it's just a, this immediate like stigma of like, oh, why? Ugh. like but I mean, whoa, it's, you're it's a, weirdo. a little bit warranted, like. Going yeah. back and listening to some well, of the Christian music is like not Sun good. Feed and like, Jesus is my friend. Like, if that, <laughs> I think for a lot of people, that's the context of Christian music and culture mm-hmm. and stuff that people have is like Ned Flanders and this cheesy, corny, dumb, mm-hmm. okay, anything Christian entertainment is going to be dumb because it's going to be this like censored Beaver Cleaver, Keith Green kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, or like right. the, the Bill Gaither or something. Like anybody singing in like Christian stuff is going to be, the big hair choir, yes. oh, you know, just everybody's the weird, wearing a suit. Yeah, the poly, like yeah. Just, the, just the corny, corny thing. Hey, are we live? Are we on live? Did I? I think I knocked, might have knocked us off. Uh, it says we're still on. Hold on, let me let me refresh on Facebook mm-hmm. Live. Yeah, I'm double checking. Uh, let's see. It has it. Okay, Facebook is having a problem but it's on facebook's end it says but we're still going on youtube so worst case scenario we'll just re-upload it but it looks like we're still on yeah it should be good we're still on the time and place thing let's see was live was live let me see i'm pulling it up now sorry is there any short and sweet (laughs) live tech just take us live I'm, i'm Okay, let's see. Yeah, it's still going on YouTube. It's just having a, it has a little exclamation mark over Facebook, and it's saying that Facebook is having a problem. So, unrelated to their stream, Facebook is just having issues right now. Well, can we get back on? I can give it a shot, but I don't know if it'll do anything. Bro, we gotta get back on. Let's see. Okay, hold on. Every time I try to do something on the computer side, my computer's so old <laughs> and slow and glitchy. It's terrible. I was trying to share it, and it's like it's not working. I was trying to see comments on my computer, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't show it on your do uh, on your uh, actual like window where you're the stream, whatever. Streamyard. Yeah. I get one pop up every once in a while. Hmm. Oh, on the side. Yeah, on the side. Oh, I had it on private chat. I see <laughs> live comments. <laughs> yeah, then you can oh, click okay. the comment. You can click the comment, and it pops up on the screen. Oh, okay. Wow. There we go. Yeah. Short still, I mean, sweet. it's still public. It's just Facebook's having an issue, so I don't know. This is, we're not live. We're not on Facebook Live right now. I so. mean, we're live on YouTube still, currently. <sighs> but no one's commenting on YouTube. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. My Aunt Eddie said, remember Striper? Dude, Striper. I, I remember I Striper. Remember yeah, Striper. I remember them as a cultural point, but not as too a... Much, that, that was too much hair band. That was too much, like, <laughs> we're a hair band. Yeah, Christian. they were. Yeah. Um, yeah, Petra was really good. Petra was, like, actually really freaking good. And it sucks because I think there's like, there's so much good Christian music, and it, and it gets covered by... It gets overshadowed by, like, Sunseed and the corny stuff, you know? And uh, it's, it's just, yeah, it, it's it's not, it, it doesn't get a fair shake, I think. But you can't like, or you can't just like argue the case every time you talk about Christian music with people. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. You know? No one, you're going to be like, okay, hold you're on, let me, sh- let me let you listen to this and yeah. then you'll see. But they've already yeah. kind of checked out because also 
No one wants to listen to a band called the Newsboys. Why? I, I don't know. That just sounds like if someone told me that, I would be like, oh, I don't want to. That's Audio not Adrenaline good. is a good band name. Like, it's a pretty. You, their name is better than their name doesn't fit their sound. That's a good '90s band name. Yes, Audio Adrenaline, right? Um, Some kind of zombie is really good. I mean, that's a good song and pretty good album too. Some kind of zombie is really good. Um, yeah, so that was so like that was like us like growing up, or at least for me, that was growing up like through the '90s was like Newsboys, Audio Adrenaline, DC Talk, um, it, you know, a lot of different stuff. I remember in like it was like in middle school when i started kind of branching out to other things and and the first thing first like band i remember getting into that wasn't a christian band okay, was we're back the on facebook got it back on yeah all right cool. cool sorry we're back keep commenting keep, keep <laughs> bringing the comments i don't know what happened i think i kicked us off or something we, we talked too but, much about ccm artists and they got their political clout on us <laughs> Dude, they're connected yeah. but uh so the first secular band yeah so started, we yeah so the first secular band I, I started getting into was um, in it was uh, the Beatles. So okay. that was like the first like non-Christian band that I like got into and started listening to. And it was because there was a movie that came out in the early 2000s called I Am Sam with Sean Penn. <laughs> and it has it has an all Beatles soundtrack, but oh, covered covered by modern artists covered okay. by other people so like strawberry fields and let it be and like all the all the big hits uh by by different artists and, and i got the soundtrack for for i am sam and i loved it i was like man this is really great like i just love all this music and then and then then i found out after i had the soundtrack and i was looking at these things like written and you know written by paul mccartney and john lennon and i was like oh these are beatles songs what and so I started listening to the Beatles to like find those songs. And I think my first one was like the Beatles one album was, was okay, yeah. came out and it's like all the number one hits and stuff. Right. So I listened to that and that was, that was, I liked that a lot. Um, and then I got let it be. And I just like went down that road of like <laughs> Beatles. And it was weird because it was, I, cause I was like 13 or 14. Um, and it was, it was like, okay, because, it was uh, my my grandma listened to it, so we kind of like. <laughs> so it couldn't be that bad. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, my grandma was like, oh, you like Beatles, and it was like because she was like one of those screaming, fainting girls in the fifties, like uh, with the Beatles. <laughs> she and had Beatlemania. She was Beatlemania like crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, so she was like in like the Beatle, like chasing them down the street and stuff. But um, yeah, so it's just so the Beatles. I got really into the Beatles, and I really liked that a lot. But then I didn't like a lot of like hippie music or whatever. Mm. And, I didn't care for like their sitar Hindu phase and stuff. <laughs> when they got real Krishna. Yeah. But like the, the white album blew me away. Like their music just kept blowing me away. That's the thing. It was like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and when we were talking about music and like music tastes, one of the big things that I learned in high school to remember was uh, hit and miss. A band can be hit and miss. And it's right. like, you know, they have a really a bunch of really good songs and you have to like be a fan of them. It's like, no, you don't. You can it's okay to like <laughs> a couple of songs and just not like you can't listen to the rest of the album. Like I remember like I, I, I kinda of feel that way about Radiohead. How okay. like I, I spent a lot of time in high school like trying to really love Radiohead. And <laughs> and I do, I really I would say I would consider myself a Radiohead fan, but I, I can't listen to all their albums just straight through mm. you know we have a lot of really great amazing songs but like i just can't listen to an album the beatles i could listen to an album i could listen to all the way through right and um yeah that was like the first like 
branching out. And then my dad started getting me CDs and he got me uh, POD. Oh, <laughs> he got me a POD, uh, the, the, um, uh, well, the one with boom on it. The, oh, the, the yeah. Big, big, oh, yeah. I remember the crossover hit. The big, yeah. Yeah, that was like a big one. That was like, yeah, that was a crossover hit. Yeah, oh, that was like time. a Christian band with like a big, yeah, that's right. They they were like like on movies and stuff, like yeah. secular movies and whatever. Yeah, and play on the radio and uh, Alive and stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, all those. And I really liked it. It was really awesome. But they were like weird Christafarian, <laughs> like Christian Rasta dreadlock kind of weird, you know. And they looked like ghetto like at oh, least all the adrenaline newsboys weren't like tatted up in dreadlocks you know it was like they weren't they didn't look like a, a weird crazy band but pod really did and i remember my mom probably might get mad at me for talking about this but i remember uh because my dad gave me that cd and my mom was like what is this they're <laughs> not this is because they're kind of like that quasi-christian right weird like I don't know how great their doctrine is, or like mm-hmm. what is this Christafari Rastafarianism? They're saying they're saying like Jah, you yeah, know, yeah. is like Jehovah instead of yep, God, yeah. and uh, and uh, nothing without Jah, and and it was weird, and yeah, she was <laughs> iffy about them. Yeah, it was true. So I had this, but I was like, well, my dad got it for me. Like, well, my parents got this for me. It's okay. Like, it's it's allowed or whatever. But my mom was like super iffy about it. Right, and I remember so this is a really personal story and like a really personal uh like point in my life that i remember uh so my parents were divorced so i didn't my dad was always lived in like a different state and so i didn't really have him around that much it was always i would consider i would say i have a good relationship with my dad um but it was always like summers and holidays and stuff and um just didn't see him a lot and uh he's in the military deployed and moving and stuff so but um, but I, w- I would say we had a good relationship and a good you know like it was it was good we were tight and um, so he got me this album and, uh, and so I was listening to it and I loved it and it was awesome and I remember so when you're a single when you're when you're we don't have a dad and everybody at church does have a dad uh, you kind of collect father figure kind of people you know and I kind of right. seek out sort of mentors and people Christian men. The Christian men in the church I grew up in really did a great job of like taking me under their wing and and uh, helping me out, helping my mom out and stuff. And man, it was just like there's this weird like feminization of the church that's gone for on sure, in the last like sure. twenty or so years. I don't know anything about that because the church I grew up in was like <laughs> the men led everything. Right. The men led Sunday school. The men led worship. The men preached. The men like just did all. It was great. It was a perfect example of like men being Christian leaders in the church, and like everybody homeschooled. Everybody mostly a lot were in the military, and it was just really like leader Christian men stance. You know, it wasn't the the back row Baptist men hate being at church, feminine. You know, whatever. So it was a really good example of that. So I had a lot of people that that really. taught me a lot, like really shaped my Christian worldview with that, as far as that goes, as far as masculine manhood, uh, biblical masculine, like biblical manhood and stuff. And there was uh, this one, I was one friend and, and his dad, and they took me dove hunting one time. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. I've never like, I was like, it was the first time I've ever been hunting. So I went hunting and it was like overnight. And then 
like the next day we came back and it was fun. I mean, I, I don't really care for the outdoors. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, what you, <laughs> I'm what you call indoorsy. And you're the, um, you're the guy in Saving Private Ryan with the glasses writing the letters home to the, <laughs> you're not on the front line. You're writing letters. Yeah. No, I was not. I'm not super outdoors. I mean, I like it. it. It was fun, but I was like, all right, let's this. I'm bored, you know? <laughs> So we we were going home and um, we he, he listened to and this is like a super conservative super like no rock no right. it was they were like a super like big time kind of family like that and they and we're in the in the truck driving back and he listened to Pod the that album uh-huh. and I was like y'all are listening to this what this is crazy and. I said, hey, I was like, oh, I like this song. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I have this CD. And he goes, yeah, yeah, this is your CD. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, your mom wanted me to talk to you about this. And uh, (laughs) I was like, it was like that white guy blinking, like, you know, (laughs) it was definitely that moment. I was just like, what? And, uh, And he was, and he, and he just like went into very kindly, very lovingly, very mm-hmm. compassionately, uh, went into Jaw and Rastafarianism, and right. they're not really talking about our God; they're talking about the Rastafarian God, right. different. And I didn't really know anything about that, but I was like, well, well I don't know. They're not cussing, you know, and so, <laughs> and I don't know. It was very weird because I, I understood what he was trying to do, but. It was like it, it kept landing on like my dad gave me this album. It was like right. I, I know that you're one of my like kind of mentors at church, and you're wanting to take you know care of the widow and the fatherless or whatever. But uh, I have a dad, and he gave me this album, and he said I can listen to it. And you're not my dad, and I understand what you're saying. But my dad said I can listen to this, and so I'm going to listen to this, and it's not bad, and it's okay. And it, it was kind of like a you know pointed mark of like you know it was it wasn't i I think he was overstepping bounds as far as like father figure or whatever but it was like i understand what you're trying to do but i have a dad and he said this was okay to listen to so i'm going to listen to it over what you have to say even though if the the theology and the doctrine whatever is true whatever um like i was like i don't i don't really care about that right now and uh so it was kind of like i think if i didn't have the sort of like fortification that those that the men of my church had given me, I think I could have reacted really bad of yeah. like, you know, my dad, you know, some <laughs> kind of crappy little attitude about it or something. But I think I did really just understand what he was trying to do, but it was like, I have a dad and, and, you know, that's, this is, this isn't for you to say kind of thing, you know, but, um, you know, right or wrong, whatever that was, I just remember that, that point of like, and I also remember like, it was like a setup, like, like, did did you even want to take me hunting or was this just a setup you know or like what what is this you know like is this all fake like and i didn't think so i think you really did did, like genuinely cared about me so you know but it was just kind of weird of like you have my this is my cd you're just like lecturing me about it like that's weird you know but oh it's a very so now pod especially that album like always kind of reminds me of that hunting trip where I was like lecturing <laughs> about the dangers of Christopharianism and stuff. The only but, time anyone's ever encountered Christopharianism was during that window when POD yeah. was popular. 
But yeah. I mean, that, so. you know, the, to be fair, and this is kind of where I kind of turned on Christian music a little bit. Uh, most of the theology is not good. Like, I remember yeah. the first time I had like a, an awakening moment where I was like, this is bad theology. Was uh, It was a song from, I want to say it was from Mark Schultz. It was on, because K- yeah. my parents were like glued to Caleb. That was all that was on in the car. And if, if yeah. your CD player was dead, that's what you were listening to. So yeah. he had a song, and I don't remember the name of the song, but I remember specifically the lyrics were, every knee will bow, every tongue confess. And I was like, okay, we're on point. And the next part is that he is love and love has come for us all. And I was like, I get the point you're making, but that's not what that yeah. verse is talking about. Like, you know, the every knee will bow, every tongue confess is like the end. That's the judgment point. That's the victory point, not the Jesus came to hug us all point. Mm-hmm. And kind of that was where I started to think, okay, well, maybe this music's kind of shallow. Maybe it's just saying like what it's supposed to say to check the marks to get on Christian radio. And that was a weird time period when all Christian music became worship music. When like every band was putting out a worship album and the newsboys became a worship band. And you know, that was what was. Yeah. They they became a worship band. I remember that it was all in on it. uh, Devotion, I think was like the first worship album. It was good. I mean, it was, it was I mean, it was, it was okay. Good, but it, it was a switch because right before that was Love Liberty Disco. Yeah. And I love that album. That's a great album that I still listen yeah. to. But then it became this <laughs> weird, like, church music band. Mm-hmm. And that kind of became Christian yeah. music in general, was just like church music. Yeah. What it was. Like, it was song and, and yes. Jesus you could hear it on the radio. And... You could also sing it on Sunday yeah. morning. It was like across the board. And I guess I, I might have checked out completely if Tooth and Nail Records didn't exist at that point. Like that was the last yeah. thing so, that I was holding on to. Go into Tooth and Nail a little bit because I remember like my, I had very little exposure to Tooth and Nail. I mean, I, as like I didn't know what they were. I, I knew the right. bands, but I was like I, I didn't like follow Tooth and Nail. I followed like MXPX and right. like just some bands. I didn't know. I didn't like the labels and stuff. I was like, well, I don't know you know, what the record company is. I remember a few, like a few record labels that suck out because I was weird like that. I paid attention to who was putting out what albums like forefront records was the big, like safe Christian Mm. rock. Cause they put out DC talk. Yeah. Uh, They put out a lot of those like (laughs) standard cable forefront. Forefront, There was uh, dove records was another one. Uh, and then goatee record. Goatee was Toby McKeon's label. Toby he started, yeah. yeah. They had Reliant K. And I, I only knew that because of Reliant K. Reliant right. K is like my probably still my. If I had to like pick a favorite band that like that I just liked, or I thought it was really great music, really great writing, and like got me through like tough times in high school or whatever. Um, like heart songs, you know, would right. be Reliant K. They're like overall top top favorite band of all time. Well, they're the only ones that actually, like, they progressively got better. Every album from them was a better yeah. album. Like, lyrically and musically, was just better all around. Yeah. But they're, they're a band that I think should have been a tooth and nail band. Because uh, mm. T Records, for the most part, was, like, John Rubin. Uh, I think Grits was on there. Uh, Out of Eden. It was, like, urban music. That's what Goatee was, like, the market they were going after. <laughs> oh, it's hip-hop. That's totally like yeah, yeah, exactly. But tooth and nail... Kind of Tooth and Nail came out of kind of like uh, the early 90s Christian metal scene when it was just like yeah. uh, Zayo was like the only one that was doing it. 
And it was started yeah. with this kid named Brandon Ebel when he was like 19. He dropped out of college. He worked at a record label and he decided he wanted to start one. So he got a loan from his grandpa and uh, with like some absurd interest rate. And he was like, this contract doesn't really work for me. And he was like, well, I'm the only one who believes in you. So you can take it or leave it. <laughs> so he took it <laughs> and he, he called it tooth and nail because the, the early days were so slim that he was fighting tooth and nail for everything that he got. So that's where he got tooth and nail. Mm. And that was his whole thing is like, there's these great hardcore alternative bands that I know people would like if they could hear them, but nobody hears them. Yeah. So he was from, I think he was from Seattle. So that was kind of where they started off. And then eventually they moved to California. Uh, okay. But yeah, they, they kind of were the alternative. Christian what bands were on, what bands were on tooth and nail? Tooth and nail, like, the, big, the, the big early hitters. run that was MXPX. Um, early OC Supertones was Tooth and Nail. Um, man, who else did they have? Tooth and Nail was like all the ulti bands. So like, no, Five Iron. They, they, five actually, iron they passed on Five Iron. Five Iron was a five minute oh, walk, geez. and they, yeah, they got the demo and they passed on them. Uh, because that wasn't really their scene. Like, yeah, big time. No, because they, <laughs> they were into like the uh, Dogwood, uh, Plank Eye, uh, Slip okay. Shoes, Ace Troubleshooter. Those were all Tooth and Nail. Like. Oh, wow kind of pop punky bands were where they were going and like oc superstar was like ska though well that was they, he tells the story it's hilarious so it was five he, he, frenzy. he did not want to sign the oc supertones he was like completely you guys suck i he don't want to sign ska. you at all and <laughs> the way he tells the story uh they cornered him in a room and were like what do we have to do to get you to sign us and uh he was like, Hey, uh, you know, get a, get a solid sound. Cause he said at that time they had like ska, but also polka, but also hardcore. Like they were doing everything. Okay. And he was like, you guys are pretty good ska band. Just play ska and maybe I'll sign you. But that was after MXPX left and they were hurting. So MXPX is the tooth and nail band that broke yeah. out. Like that's the yeah. band that went mainstream from tooth and nail. Yeah. MXPX but for me, was like, like, for like punk rock. Like yeah. Like more. if you, if you, if you had a skateboard and you went to church, you listen to MXPX. Yeah, for sure. My uh, my uncle who who was skateboard, my uncle who doesn't listen to Christian music, really showed me. He, he like found out about MXPX through like the skate crowd, right? And then found out they were Christian. It was like, oh, my nephew's a Christian. He skateboards. He, he might <laughs> like this. But he like showed me MXPX. I was like, oh, this is really cool. <laughs> my my mom had a friend who also had a son who was like my age. We had nothing in common. Yeah. Like, we were completely opposite in every way. But we both liked MXPX. So that was all we were like. On the same page, on we would trade. Did, did they have Starfly? Did they, they have Starfly? Uh, yes, did, they had Starfly. Did, did, Starfly did and Joy Electric were both from them. Starfly, yeah. yeah. There, okay. uh, but the, where I got heavy into them was like Second Wave Tooth and Nail when they had Under Oath, Anne Berlin, May. Yeah. Uh, uh, I love May. May May for me is what Reliant K is for you. May is like my fa- the Everglow is my favorite album of all time. No, I couldn't do Amberlynn. I couldn't do Under Oath. I couldn't do Norma Jean. And, I never liked Norma Jean. I didn't uh, like Under Oath. No, it was the other one. Like Norma Jean and like um, uh, Demon Hunter, uh, Project eighty six. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. yeah, that was like more late high school, and I was like, no, no I, I dude, when, I, was, I was pretty much listening to no Christian music at that time. Well, that was and the like, bridge for me because that was yeah. at, at the same time I got into. Well, the the earliest seed was Kevin Max. Kevin Max was the thing that kind of set my musical taste forever because he was weird and out there. And he was one third of of, of DC DC Talk. Talk. The the best third, I would say. Yeah, uh, yeah, he had that signature voice, that vibrato, oh, sure. of like yeah. little, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And Everybody he, said Toby Mac, Michael Tate, and the other guy. DC Talk <laughs> was like Toby Mac, 
Michael Tate and the other guy. And for me, Toby Mack was the other guy because oh, for like, sure. I knew Michael, I knew Michael Tate and I knew Kevin Max. And I was like, who's the other guy? Well, so, Toby, Mack, Toby Mack was Toby the guy Mack. in the rock band that couldn't sing. Like the other two guys could sing and he's just this other guy that's kind of there. Yeah. I'm like, why, why are they carrying him along? He was, the, he, was the, he was the idea man. He was like the producer. <laughs> he, was the, the, like, he was the, he was the Steve jobs. Like, he didn't build an iPod, <laughs> but he had a vision for it. Somebody else had to make it work. But uh, yeah. Kevin Max was the one man. that set me off. When I listened to Kevin Max, I was like, okay, what is he like? And he likes the Beatles, yeah. and he likes REM, and he likes uh, The Cure and The Smiths. So I was like, okay, I'm going to check that out because I like that. And then mm, that, wow. yeah, so getting into that, and then uh, around that same time, May, Anne Berlin, all the stuff they were listening to, because May has a, or Anne Berlin has a cover of The Cure on their first album. So I was like, okay, The Cure, they like them. I got to check that out. And then right around that time was when I started listening to My Chemical Romance, too. That was the band that really broke it for me. When I found My Chemical Romance, I was like, this is all I need for the rest of my See, life. And, that, and that's the thing. Like, that's a genre. That's like a that's a category of music that like all your bands fall into one category. Like For me, in high school growing up, was like, all my bands can't fall into one category. Like I want to be <laughs> impossible. Place. That was my right. thing. It's like, I don't want to be a, an emo kid. I don't want to be one of the like burnout, hard rock, like weird cradle of filth kids or something. I don't want to be a, <laughs> you weren't I don't want to be one head of the, and I don't, don't want to be the, the tool nine inch nails. Oh, dude, guy. Nobody likes tool. I don't want to be, yeah, it was just like, man, this, I, I just didn't want to be pegged into those or whatever, For but, me, but I wanted good. to like pick of all of them. It was the, I got into that later when I got to a little bit older and I had friends that had different tastes in music. Like, Oh, have you heard cake? And I was like, no, I've never heard cake. Let's listen to that. And I love cake. Like cake is yeah. also one of my favorite bands. Cake is freaking good. Yeah. So then I, it really started good. to like, yeah. I, yeah. So no. that was when I had to wrestle with kind of the idea, maybe for the first time, because when you're in high school, when you're in um, junior high and you're in youth group and everything, it's all Christian music. And all you know is yeah. this music is good and that music is evil. And it's not like that music's kind of bad. Don't listen to this one. This one's not good, but this one's okay. It's like, no, that music, yeah. is, that's for the world. That's for the devil. That's what yeah. my mom's favorite word is heathen. Like she uses that frequently. That's that's <laughs> heathen music. And so I was yeah, like, okay, so, well, my parents told me that. It must be true. So let's talk about that because that was something we kind of talked about too of like, uh, the, there's, there's, there's always, we, we think of music in like Christian music and yes. secular music. Right. So there's like the Christian world, CCM, that whole thing. Double and then there's then the secular music. And it's mm-hmm. just all bands that are not Christian music. And it's, so when someone says like secular music, that's like saying <laughs> a, 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 a secular rainfall or something, right. or like a secular sunset. It's like, well, what are you talking about? Like, well, it's not about God. They're not, it's like, well, everything is it, like the idea is that God, Christ owns everything in this world. So, and, and it points to the idea of Christian music versus secular music points to like a two kingdom theology right. and this dualism that, that a lot of Christians have in, in mind of like, there's Jesus kingdom. And then there's the devil's kingdom, Satan's kingdom and right. his power and his, his thing. And they're, and they're fighting for our souls over and they use music and they right. do these things and stuff. It's like, no, there is God's world mm-hmm. and there's, there's one kingdom and rebels to that kingdom. Right. Yeah, I mentioned before, it's like we, we have a one kingdom theology and it's King Jesus and his kingdom. And then there are rebels to that kingdom just rebelling against the one kingdom. There's no power. They don't have their own nation. They don't have their own like 
know what I mean? Right. So, and so when it was a secular music, that really is like, um, like a secular sunset or a secular right. tree or something. It's like music is just music. Like God created music and it all, everything glorifies God. Everything was created to glorify God and everything can glorify God. Now, those things are perverted, just like love and freedom and peace and justice. Those all only make sense in a Christian worldview. Now, they're taken from those things and we worship, we, we use it to glorify man instead of glorify God. And that's that's the difference. So there's not secular music. There's music that glorifies man, you know, and, and music that's being twisted and perverted and distorted to glorify man instead of God. So, you know? and so it references comics. I was thinking about this today about all life is worship. Uh, that is a very Reformation idea. Like that was Martin Luther's idea that if we're all priests in Christ, mm-hmm. then everything we do is a holy act. There's no no division between the sacred and the secular. Like the cobbler is as much uh, doing work for God as the priest is. The yes. priest doesn't make anyone any more Christian than anything else. Believing in God makes you a Christian and all work that you do in that sense yes. is Christian. But I mean, that's not a, a idea divorced from the Bible. Therefore, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is a, a holy and acceptable work of, act of worship. Like the whole life is whatever yeah. you eat and drink or whatsoever you do. Uh, do it all to the glory of God or the idea of just work yeah. don't work so that you may be seen by men but work as if unto God like that was the that was one thing that yeah. wasn't still to me in that kind of idea that when you're working you're not doing it for your boss you are but ultimately you're doing it as a yeah. witness for the Lord that's the point of what you're doing and that's and that's what the Bible says like do it as unto the Lord and, right. and so it's not it, yeah it, it, the same goes for like oh I'm in ministry and I'm not in ministry I have a right. I have a Christian like a ministry job or a secular job Right, you know, and it's like no, that you're you're all if you're a Christian, you're on mission. If you're if you're a Christian, your your workplace, your family, your school, everything's a mission field in a ministry, right. and it just it just looks different. And, and that's what you are to be the pastor to those people and to and to represent Christ. So I mean, it is different as far as teaching and and being right. held to a higher standard. But as far as Christians working and doing, there isn't like oh, it's lesser because it's not indirect ministry. It's not full time ministry. You know, you're not a pastor or a missionary and you're a mechanic or a lawyer. So you're not really, you know, it's less than it's less noble or less whatever. Right. And it's not like that's that we have to get that out of our heads. And I, I kind of translate that to to music as far as like music is just a thing. Music is sound waves and vibrations and rhythms and drums and, and string plucking strings and all these things. And we can do those things to the glory of God, just like we can eat to the glory of God. Right. Just like we can tire shoes to the glory of God. Like everything is done to the glory of God. And I think that's where like, um, yeah, Ernie, Ernie, Ernie puts worship in this category of like, it's, it's, it, it's not glorifying to God or something like he's dividing worship to glorification and like worship doesn't fall under glorification. Some, for some reason, I don't really understand that of like, there is, worship and then there's then there's glorifying god we do everything to glorify glorification of god except for worship and that's a special thing it's done by itself so yeah so i say no service is not worship but i mean does not equal latria yeah so yeah well i mean we don't think that's such a foreign concept so so that's a so you talk about latria and like dulia or something because that's that's a that's a Catholic idea of like, well, there's worship we do to God, and then there's the lesser worship we do to Mary and the saints. And well, I mean, that's the idea of worship. That's it's the idea all of the worship. Mass, too, right? This is worship. 
yeah. that, that's the idea of the mass is that the mass was for the mass and then there was like the special you know the mass could come into this part but then the other part is for the the church the christians and like yeah. the way you the way you're talking about because i agree with you 100 there's things are neutral music is is not a thing that is evil well, but it, but it's not neutral. It's God. Right. That, I mean, you know, like, and that's yeah. what I mean by that. It's like the idea, mean. Yeah, right. Not. Like you don't, we don't look at music and say music goes in the bad category and uh, food goes in the good category and sex goes in the bad category. It's like, no, it doesn't work yeah. that way. Like these are all things that God made and you can use them wrongly, but you can also use them yeah. rightly. And, and I, yeah. I don't understand. It's a foreign concept. Cause you don't think about that growing up. Like, God is the creator of everything. Like, yeah, okay, I understand that. But no, everything. Like, we yeah. are artistic because yeah, God we, created art. We are creative because God is creative. Like, that's how this works. Yeah. And in, in Hebrews uh, 2.8, says, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he, I mean Christ, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus. Uh, crowned with glory and honor because of the sufficient uh, the suffering of death, that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. But just that idea of like you know in the verse ten for for it is fitting that he for whom and for whom and by whom all things exist mm. in bringing many sons to glory. It, it is it, it's you know all authority has been given to God. Everything is under His control and everything right. belongs to Him. Now we you know in like the Romans Romans two idea of like we we reject that and right. we rather worship the created thing rather than the Creator. That's what we're doing when we go, we use music to glorify self right. to glorify man and materialism and stuff. And that 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 all is pointing to the the, the most popular false god of today, which is the god of self. And um, that's so, that's that's what it comes down to. I, I want to look at this comment real quick because it's it's yeah. something that uh, totally disagree. Bible does not present worship in that way. They had to go to a special place at a given time to do a specific thing in the OT worship. It was never presented as an all everything you do is worship. Uh, but the whole idea in the New Testament when Jesus comes and unpacks all those things is like you're doing the ritual and that's all you're doing. Mm -hmm. None of that means anything because there's no intent behind it. There's no heart yeah. to it. And that's yeah. where you get the idea of I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Or a day is coming when you won't yeah. go here or there. But the, the true worshipers are those who worship yes. in spirit. This mountain on that. Right. Yes. Doesn't like, matter. You missed well. the point. Yes. They worship as the, this mountain. He's like, forget mountains. Right. right. And that's not. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not just isolated. It's not limited or constricted right. to those things. Especially glorifying God, and and I I, just, I still understand the difference between uh, like worship and glory, right? right? We're, right. You know, we're glorifying God, and we do that and glorify God in all things. I mean, so, and the whole the whole idea yeah. of the kingdom of heaven is like the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that when a little bit of yeast is dropped in the dough, it leavens the whole loaf. Like the kingdom of God is expanding to every area of life yeah. and culture and everything. It's not this. It's not this isolated thing that's over here. Like I worship on Sunday. That's when I worship. The rest yeah. of the week, I don't. Well, like, well, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah. Your whole life is a living sacrifice presented as worship to God. Yeah, it's this little bubble we put in of like, well, church is the worship time, and right. everything else, I'm not. You know, I'm not worshiping God right now. I'm not glorifying God at this second, or I'm not glorifying God when I when I do this or that. But you are in that, like, do everything. To like, I just don't understand. Like, there's there's never you're never off. It's like this right. isolated time or whatever. But I mean, we are off. That's why culture is where it is because we do turn it off. Yeah, we yeah. turn it off and we walk it. out the door. 
yeah, we keep it at church and we keep it at like as our weekend activity. That's and a, it's like, we don't make the, it a part of our everyday thing. The, to throw it back to DC talk. That's the quote from what if I stumble that, uh, I think it was Brandon Manning that said it. The yeah, greatest, single cause of, greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. Yeah. And that is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. So yeah. like we do that, have that idea. Yeah. We just, we switch it off. It's like, well, I have We're, to go to work today. I can't talk about Jesus at work. That's not, this yeah. isn't work. This isn't work. It's like, it's like the idea of like, oh, well, I'm not sacrificing right now. So like, well, you're a living sacrifice. Yes, right. you are. Like that's your whole life is God's. There's no, it, you, we can't compartmentalize it that way of like, well, this is my Christian thing. Right. And this is my worship thing. And this is, and this is my, um, basketball thing and this is my uh whatever my my bicycling thing my hobby whatever and that, that has nothing to do with god that right. is not the case that that is not your bicycling has something to do with god because right. it, god owns it all first of all and you can do everything as a witness to god and and everything leads to a throne and all and everything you do leads to a path and so you're either glorifying god with what you're doing or you're glorifying self we do it with money we do it with relationships we do it with education we do it with philosophy we do it with everything church worship music everything right. we're either and, glorifying ourselves or glorifying god and, and you know when he says every you know if everything i do is worship then it's you know worship is vain that's kind of the ecclesiastes idea that everything under the sun is vanity everything is fleeting everything is useless everything is whatever but that's the point of ecclesiastes that he searched and tried everything and it was pointless and meaningless and vain the only satisfaction yeah. is in god so apart from god for yes. the yeah for those things, for themselves, right. they are right? vain. Yeah. in themselves. They are vain, pointless, and they will give you nothing. But only if you're with making God. money to have money. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's like if you're making money to have money, then you're right. That's in vain. If you're right. playing music because you want to just hear something loud, right. you, you're right. You're just making a loud noise. But if you're if if the heart and intention of that is to glorify God with what you're doing, then then that that that's glory. That's worship. And we can do those things. And again, it's either going to glorify ourselves. Glorify the created thing or glorify God. And I was and, thinking about this today in, oh, in, in the Old Testament when Moses is given what he needs to build the Ark of the Covenant. There's the specific craftsman that me that's mentioned that he was a skilled craftsman, that he was the one that he was go to go to to build the Ark. Like, you know, breaking it down, this guy was good at what he did to a high degree. And speaking, you know, reform, he was good at what he did to a high degree so that he could make these things for the temple. Like the yeah. reason that he was it's good like at what he did was for God. Yeah, and so you know, it's almost flirts with like a Gnostic idea of like, well, yeah. there's things of God, and then there's right. things of the world. Right. We should shun these things of the world, or they're just meaningless in and of themselves. And there's spiritual things that are right. real; those are the good things. Our natural bodies are nothing. Oh, please right. shed this mortal coil or whatever. It's like, no, that's you're that godly. That's part of it. You know, it's why Jesus had a bodily resurrection, and that's so, what separated him from the Greek philosophy of like, well, no, human body that's bad. No, no, no. Right. It's going to be reformed. It's going to be. I mean, that's. Uh, uh, glorified or that's the problem with the the, yeah, the christianity to the greek world with the idea that god, why would god put on flesh that's that's decrepit yeah. that's horrible why would he do that that doesn't make any sense yeah so i mean yeah. that's because christianity has in a way adopted that platonic worldview of like the sacred secular divide the earth is bad the spirit is good uh yeah. obviously we, two kingdom, two kingdom right. thing too, yeah. and and we we reject that idea wholesale so yeah, it all belongs to God. It all right. belongs to God and should be redeemed for God, for his glory. John Piper talks about eating a, uh, uh, he eats like a, a, a McFlurry blizzard or ice cream thing or whatever mm -hmm. one, once a year to the glory of God or something that just the taste of, of that God has blessed us with and all these things. And it's like, yeah, it's true. Like Piper is really good about pointing, 
pointing to that idea of everything is the glory of God. Right. And, and that's you, like literally everything, all your pleasures, all desires, all everything can, can glorify God. And we ought to be doing that. Right. So, and so, I mean, looking at that, because so going forward, both of us, we're both fathers. So we both have sons. We're both going to, and you have a son and a daughter um, going forward. How, how do you think not only for yourself, but for them to guide them in that, to, to walk kind of that narrow road of like, okay, there is no thing that belongs to Satan, but these things are clearly unwise and bad. Like, how do you apply that to culture and music going mm-hmm. forward? Because I, I, I feel like we have to do that every day. Where yeah. I, I, there's very few artists that I would say wholesale, like, yes, avoid them completely. There's nothing redeemable in anything they do. Yeah, um, I know. I was so we watched that thing, and, and I would encourage other people to watch it too. It's on YouTube. It's called Hell's Bells. Uh, the dangers of rock and roll <laughs> and that sounds like a super like clutching your pearls kind of <laughs> thing like rock and roll oh my goodness you know um but it goes into like acdc and Marilyn manson and um just like the super hardcore like satanic a lot of satanic imagery slayer the pentagram those kinds of things and um it goes into that but i, I was i was impressed that because I, we always had, I, I knew about that Hell's Bells documentary mm-hmm. because my mom had it. She probably laughed and, like, <laughs> to talk about it. We had that, like a VHS, and it, it was like an eight-part VHS oh, set man. or something. Yeah, something crazy. And I always remember we had it, and I didn't know anything about it, but I never watched it. Uh, but because it does show like a lot of uh, crazy stuff. You know, I think a kid, from you know, it, it goes into like really like it doesn't hide a lot. It censors stuff, but like it doesn't hide a lot. It shows like right. the truth of, you know, how insane some of these people, these people get uh, like spitting blood and like, you know, <laughs> you know, I was more biting the bat head off the bat, you know, it's like weird <laughs> stuff. And, you know, so I think what, what, what that all is from, and, and it kind of leads to your question, like you know, about our kids and stuff of um, I think the Bible thumper uh, sort of, Beaver Cleaver button down Christians were freaked out by Elvis and the Beatles and right. uh, in, in rock music with a shake in the hips. And it was just like, uh, no, we're not doing that. And so people like ACDC and Alice Cooper capitalized on that. And I think just played up the whole devil thing right. as a, as a shtick. You know, I don't think they actually believe in Satan and believe in God and worship Satan instead of god like most satan satanists are atheists mm. you know they don't actually believe in it and satan the devil uh because they don't believe in heaven or hell they right. just believe in self again it's that god of self and so that's what they're doing and they're just doing the satan thing to freak out the christians and, and guess what it works it, it does works. and it sells it it, it, it all just it's, it's it's sensational i think for the most part um so but I think the worldview that it promotes is anti-Christian and anti-God right. and satanic and demonic. Like, I don't think it is weird because we get caught up in, in the imagery and the, in the weird freak out stuff like the 666 and the pentagrams and all those things. But I don't think there's any pentagrams in hell. Right. I don't think there's any 666 in hell. We know what that means with with Caesar Nero and the Beast and the Mark and everything, right. but that, that stuff's played up with with these bands, and so kids just get into this kind of cultural thing. And uh, yeah, like I don't think anybody listening to Slayer believes in God, 
you know, or, or Satan, <laughs> you know, right. they're just want to piss off their parents and just like, they like the fast music or whatever. And so they just go for it. So I think that's a lot of where that comes from. But as far as like music can be demonic and satanic. Yeah. But so can business and so right. can politics. And so I mean, can that's, Oprah, that's the thing you know? is like, I, I think the problem is that we, we have this weird image that s- Satanism is like big and in your face and robot. It's like, yeah. no, Satanism, Satan is subtle. Yeah. It's not going to be, if it, if it was, so obvious, right. If it was so easy to avoid, you would just avoid it. Like it's more yeah. subtle than that. It's the idea. I forget who, who talked about this. It might've been Shapiro, which was kind of funny that he talked about it, but he was talking about how on friends, like, you know, Ross and Rachel aren't married, but they're sleeping together and they're having a relationship, but yeah. you root for them because you like Ross and Rachel. They're nice people. Yeah. And you like, you would want to be their friend if they were real, even though what they're doing mm-hmm. is wrong. It's the subtlety of that. Yeah. Like, well, and it's kind of like the argument, the the homosexual argument, like, well, it's two people that love each other. Why is that bad? Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. so, it's not the pride parade every day in your face is blatant. And I think that's, yeah. you know, I, we talked about how I think you get a worse. It's a normalization of an alternate worldview. Right. Is, right. Yeah. Exactly. And that's kind of what the music is because the music, <clears throat> to a certain extent, a, a non Christian can't help but make nihilistic things. Yeah. Because th- th- well, that's their yeah. worldview. And I think that, that that a lot of Christians are freaked out by the satanic like imagery of, of all these bands and stuff because they don't know how to actually contend with all, anti-Christian worldviews, mm-hmm. right? So I honestly I think is weird. I think naturalism and Darwinism is more dangerous than Slayer and Metallica. Right. You know what I mean? Like that, like, cause that's a, that's a normalization of, of philosophy of origins that is right. anti-Christian, anti-biblical and worshiping the man over the thing. And it's just like, this is what's true. And it's not sensational. It's not freaky and weird. It's just like, it, it, that's what creeps into our schools and right. stuff. Like I'd rather my kid listen to Slayer than go to public school, you know? <laughs> and like, well, I that, mean, it's, like, it's, it's the myth of reasonability. Like Slayer yeah. doesn't look reasonable. They're guys with big hair and they yell and they scream and it's loud and that's scary. But like, yeah. you know, uh, your 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 science professor, why would he not be? He's a reasonable guy. He can't be that. Whatever he's saying can't be that bad. This is what everybody yeah. thinks. It must have something to it. Yeah, and it, so as far as our kids, like, because I was talking with Lauren about this, like, what do we do with our kids? Like, what are we going to let them listen to? What are we going to let them watch and stuff? And what I want for my kids is is what I want for myself, and I think what I want for all, like all Christians is to approach cult, cultural all all cultural things, all everything that the world has to offer in an analytical way, in an analytical understanding way even evolution and darwinism and naturalism and nihilism and communism and different philosophies and stuff i want to know like i want i want my kids to read the communist manifesto not mm. because i want them communist because i want right. them to know how to contend <laughs> with the communist worldview right i want them to read darwin i want them to read christopher hitchens you know be, because they're going to read christopher hitchens and not become an atheist right, right. they're going to go to a college biology class or or whatever, and, and, and not become atheists or not become a naturalist. So, and, and, but th- that comes from knowing Christianity. That comes from knowing the Bible, knowing having a good apologetic, I would say a presuppositional apologetic that right. deals with reason and logic and morality and all these things and understanding that God owns all those things hmm. and everything that like love, morality, reason, uh, evil, all, all these things don't make sense with, outside of a Christian worldview. Right. They only make sense in a Christian worldview. The naturalism has nothing to offer for a basis for morality or reason or anything. They do. They are reasonable and they are moral, 
but they have no basis for why we ought to be being that way. Naturalism cannot provide an ought. It can right. it only just tell you what is, what's happening. This lion eats their cub. We don't say this person should ought not to drown their children, right? We just say some people do. That's what naturalism can. So I'm just saying I want Christians can't contend with that. Christians can't in, in, engage the culture and contend with the culture. So they just hide from the culture. They just hide from these things and say, don't listen to it. Just stay away from that. Don't watch that movie. Don't listen to that song. Don't read that book. Don't whatever, because it's just, it's, you know, it's just, it's just bad juju, just having a Quran in your house. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like, no, like, I don't want to, that's a, that's a weak minded Christian who knows nothing about Christianity. You don't know how to defend right. Christianity. So I want my kids to know how to think, know how to defend their faith against those things. And I want them to read the Quran. I want them to read the Book of Mormon. I want them to read Darwin and Hitchens and, and everything because I want them to know how to contend with these things and, and, and evangelize to these alternate worldviews. So and, and that's what I want for my kids. I want them to study and analyze culture and other worldviews in that way, because ultimately all culture is promoting a worldview. And that's what like the say Satanism in the secular music is all promoting a materialistic, self-centered yes. worldview, man-centered Absolutely. worldview that glorifies man and the material things instead of God. So that's what all it boils down to. It doesn't go to Satan. It doesn't go to those things like all those things just because there is no Satanic kingdom. There is no, right. you know what I mean? Like there's no. <laughs> like, right. No, no, I feel you. because that's it. But I mean, that's, and the problem is I, I was trying to come up with an analogy that works for it. Cause I, I, I think of art as a weapon, right? Like it's a, a very potent weapon to use in a culture battle because the easiest way to get an idea across to somebody is to get it through story. Like hard concepts can be understood really easily through story. That's why you can, how you can express ideas like heroism and sacrifice and uh, the greater good and, and, you know, giving up yourself for your fellow man. Those things are hard to conceptualize, but if you see them in somebody in an action, then, you know, like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, Han Solo is a good person because he didn't just leave when he could have, and he came back to save Luke to help him blow up the death star. He was a good yeah. person. He did the risky thing for a good person. So, yeah. uh, you know, and, and those concepts, like you said, they only make sense in a Christian worldview. So God has given us these things. He's given us music and art and story to use for us to glorify him, to spread these ideas, to, to teach lessons to each other. Um, things like that, but we don't want them because yeah. we think they can't be used. So I, I was thinking of it's, it's almost like we're getting ready to go to battle and our king sent us a bunch of swords and we opened the box, looked at them, put them away and pushed them outside and said, we don't need these. And instead yeah. the enemy found him and was like, we'll for sure use these. Yeah. Because well, you know, sharp. Oh, be careful. Don't touch them. <laughs> don't they're, touch they're, them. They're, you might cut, cut yourself. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I'm, rather <laughs> than dangerous. teaching you, rather than teaching you how to use it, I'm just going to tell you to avoid yeah. it. I'm going to put that, a fence around that, a fence. Yeah. And that puts a stigma on it. And so that's where you get this rebellious, you know, rebellious kids who just want to rebel. And so they right. say like, well, I was always, like, my parents always warned me against this or that. So I'm going to do that just to piss them off. Right. And I would say that's the sin, not the thing you're listening to, not the, not the thing. It's, it's the attitude behind it. It was just like, I'm just going to listen to this because it's going to piss my parents off right. or whatever. And I'm going to crank up the music that, really loud. Right. Stuff you don't even like yeah. at some point. It's just, I know you don't like it. So that's why I'm going to listen to it. Yeah. So that makes it cool. That makes right. me that's I want to listen cool. to it. Yeah. It's like drinking. Like I know Doug Wilson talks about like parents have a responsibility to teach their children how to drink, you right. know, and, and, and smoke and, and do these things of like, because if, if it's just a shunned thing, then it's going to be, it is going to have this like 
this like, Ooh, like sensational uh, appeal to it of like, man, I just, I, I just want to indulge in it. They have no right. idea how to, how to interact with it. And, and that's when you get bad situations, but if it's like always been there and it's never like super hidden too much, then, and it's always understood and like taught how to engage with these things, then I think that's a better way to go about it because then it's, it's not this foreign thing that they stumble across and just like have no context for and no like, wow, wow, this is insane. I'm being blown away right now, you know? And yeah, I want them to be aware of these ideas and worldviews. And then when they hear them, they'll know like, okay, well, I know that's wrong. So And that, that kind of unequippedness, I think, has started to kind of show itself in Christian music to come back to that. Like mm-hmm. we're starting to see, and there was a little bit when I was younger, I remember it happening a little bit. But now more and more, mm-hmm. there's starting to be this apostasy in Christian music. Like these artists who were died in the wool yeah. church kids are now like, well, I just don't believe that anymore. And yeah. when I was, and it's always when I was confronted with these ideas, I couldn't answer them. Lauren Dangle. Lauren Dangle was one of them. Uh, what's the other guy? Marty Simpson, who was, a, I think he wrote for, God, did you write for Elevation or, or somebody else? Uh, I think I'm going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hillsong or yes, or he wrote a ton of a ton of songs that are saying in church all the time. So he knew the right words, he knew where to put them, yeah. he knew how to phrase it, but he didn't believe it. Yeah, um, and that and that that's just this emotional, sensational, uh, experiential Christianity that they have of just like super, like I, I'm just feeling it, and I'm crying right now. So that makes right. it that makes it real and, and solid, but it's not like those feelings go away, and you and someone's going to ask you about homosexuality, and yep. you have to have an answer. Like, what are you talking about? And it's just so. Yeah, uh, Jaws of Clay came out uh, for for gay marriage. Wow! Of, like seeing no nothing, no reason, no biblical reason to to not support gay marriage. So that was kind of surprising. Wow. Okay. Um, but yeah. So that was Jennifer Naples, who? the one that I was like, "Whoa!" Do you remember Jennifer? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. she just I, came out. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jared was, was she the one? There was, there was there was one Christian girl singer who had. I think she had came out with an album or like a song or something and where she was going from Christian music to secular worldly man glorifying music uh-huh. to, and it was called, it was, it was a, it was a parody of it is well with my soul. And mm-hmm. it was called, it is well worth my soul. Wow. No, I don't have to <laughs> yeah. look that up. I don't remember that. Holy That's crap. Crazy. I can't remember who it was, but it was like, it was like some, some girl and she was, it had a song or something called it is well worth my soul. <laughs> It's like, holy crap. But I mean, that's <laughs> that that makes sense when you have a shallow Christianity. When you just mm-hmm. have stories about a bunch of animals on a boat and like this idea of a homeless man that was nice to people and didn't judge anyone, like that can't stand up to the scrutiny of the world that's offering you everything because you're talented and you're special and we can do stuff with you. And there's people who admire you and enjoy mm-hmm. like there's you can do something with your yeah. talent better than this shallow thing you've been sold. And like we don't um yeah, we also, as Christians, I'm saying, have a tendency to find somebody who's talented and shove them into the limelight without making sure that we have a solid foundation underneath them. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, Katy Perry started with Christian yeah, exactly, music, yeah, you know, for yeah. sure. But it was like some weird Pentecostal soft yeah. dog. I mean, she was a thing, preacher's kid. That was right? her thing. And, yeah, yeah, and it, and it was like this super experiential feelings based doctrine or a denomination that had no solid foot in the bible and yeah so as soon as yeah and, and that's that's how biblically how satan tempts everyone is with the world right. you know right. like so, so he tempted jesus like all these kingdoms all these things basically everything that 
boy bands get they get the world they get the girls they get right. the money they get the world like everything at you know at at the cost of their soul and and that's what satan wants he doesn't care about pentagrams and biting right. bats heads off he doesn't care right. about that he cares about you glorifying yourself right and that but that goes for everything that's oprah that's self-care crap that's all these and, and like i said a lot of christian music is just man-centered instead of god-centered and christ-centered uh glorification and worship and, and edification all those things are well, just mean, or it's all man-centered and that's what satan wants we didn't even get into like christian movies and like the, i i try not to watch them as much as i can because they're so bad but there's one that's coming out i saw the trailer for it i forget what i saw it on but it's called overcomer and it's a it's like a sports movie it's about you know overcoming your obstacles and it's just that facing the giants with the, a, yeah, right? with a, with a with a kid named David who has to hit, <laughs> kick a last-minute field goal against the Giants. But that's what wow, that, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. That's, that's a, what you get from the Bible. You're an overcomer. Nothing is too big for you. You can overcome any obstacle. That's what the song yeah. told me. That's how I understand it. Help you, yeah. It's, it's right. help you live your best life now. Right. It's Joel Osteen's yeah dream. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, my mom said. Uh, she said, because we were taught that drums were the sounds of foreign cults, like real jungle witchcraft. <laughs> I think because we had uh, strong missionaries that were supported by our church, and they told us stories of the drums they heard in the middle of the night, and their church would be vandalized in the morning. They experienced real God-hating witchcraft, so drums were bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's yeah. like... That's like saying somebody <laughs> somebody mugged me with the knife one time, so I threw out all my silverware, because, you know... <laughs> someone use yeah. it i can't use it yeah it, yeah exactly it, it doesn't even have to be that dramatic it could just be like i'm playing drums to the, because it's awesome and i'm great look at me i'm right. wonderful look how skilled i am worship me and they do and they give and you they money do. girls right. and give you everything you want anything you want and that's that's the danger of drums that you know and but but it's not the drums it's the intention and heart and glorification behind it right. and what what's being used for right so yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's just we have these material things uh, that God created in the world and that we can either use for the glorification of God or glorification of man. And Satan wants you to glorify yourself. He right. doesn't want you to, like, throw up the sign and the 666 and the pentagram. <laughs> like, sure, those things all point to materialism and atheism and man-centered worldview anyway, and he wants that. So, sure, if you're going to use that, great. But, yeah, it would be less obvious and I think it, we're, we're more worried about those things. We're more worried about Iron Maiden and less worried about Joel Osteen or Oprah or self-care stuff of like, that's all doing the same exact thing, glorifying man over God. So, I mean, you know, self-centered worldview. Self-care is like Just so, it's so deep and it is so deep because self-care is self-idolatry. Like this idea of like, you need to yeah. put you first sometimes. Like that's such an anti-biblical well, idea. All the time. And, 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 and we're sacrificing our children for self. Right. We're sacrificing right. our marriages. We're sacrificing our job. Everything falls down at the altar of self. If you're unhappy, change it, lose it, yes. fix it. Because your happiness is, is paramount to everything. And, that's what kind of blows my mind when, we, when like you do talk to conspiracy people who are like, oh, well, this music is for Satan. They sold their soul for this or whatever. It's like you don't have to go looking for secret child sacrifice. It's on the street corner if you're trying to find it. There's a building that advertises for it. Yes. Like, it's out in the open. Have you heard of the uh, 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 Grove? Uh, what is it? Bohemian Grove? Yes. Uh, yeah. 
the conspiracy theory where all the world world's most powerful people get together in some with the with the owl forest in California, <laughs> with the big owl Molech god and yeah. they're like worshiping him. Yes, and it's, a, it's real. This is a real thing. This is not a yeah. conspiracy. This is no, a this thing. This is this happens, and they burn a bundle of sticks to the at the at the at a um, altar, a a idol, a graven image of Molech, and and they burn a bundle of sticks, and they have a speaker with loud screams that right. are supposed to be like the thing dying, and it's supposed to be like a baby. And people are freaking out about that. And it's like, oh my, like I'm talking about right now, people are probably freaking out. It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? This is a real thing. Yeah, robes, chanting, Everything. sacrifice on a real idol. And people are so freaked out about that, but they're not freaked out about uh, Planned Parenthood and abortion. Right. The mass real thing you can see justifying killing our own children at the at the uh, altar of ourselves, the, at the uh, for the economy, for it's the same thing. People used to sacrifice their children to Molech for financial well-being. Right. We're doing the same exact thing. Well, I want to go to college. Well, I, I, I'm not ready to have a baby. I'm not ready, whatever. So I'm going to sacrifice my child for my own financial well-being so the crops will grow, so that I can right. go to college, so that I can. It's the same exact thing. We're, we're doing it all over again. And but, I think we, but we yeah, that just, that you know. Like the first temptation wasn't the temptation to worship Satan. The first temptation was the temptation to be like God, like for you to be, for you to take control of your own life. Autonomy yeah. was the first temptation. And that's what we fell for. Yeah. And that's what we keep falling for because we want autonomy so bad. Yeah. And it, it's, yeah. and that's, you know, music, having a skill that people will give you money for is the quickest route to autonomy. Like if you're a musician and you're yeah. good enough to where people will give you money to do that thing and nothing else. That's your road to autonomy. That's your key to being your own God. And they're literally caught like, I don't think anybody would see Eric Clapton as like a satanic thing. But people like one of the most iconic pictures is uh, spray paint graffiti. Eric or Clapton is God. <laughs> and that's like, and that's the thing is like Clapton is God. And well, I mean, it's, yeah. it's built into the culture, like the idea of teen idol or American yeah. idol. Like it's built into the culture. This is what we idolize. Idol, we idol, yeah. Right. But we idolize it because that's what we want. Like I'm, I'm a fan of yeah. this person because they're capable of having all the things. To be rich and famous, right? right. Yeah. And yeah. I, like you if know, you become rich and famous, you have it, you made it. Like that, there's nothing higher than being rich and famous. You have all power, you have all resources, you have all any opportunity, even like to do something good. If you're rich and famous, then you mm -hmm. can do anything you want. You know, any, even any good. They say, you know, but I mean, yeah. That's 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 what it comes down to is the materialism of of music and culture and everything like every movie and music song that's made points to the false god of self to glorify right. self or to glorify right. God right and and that goes for everything it goes that goes for all things I know um it, it, that yeah we got we gotta have Ernie on because he, he's he, he's a good mouthpiece for like the opposite of like a lot of things. Right. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I don't want to sound like we just crapped on Christian music for a whole hour and a half. Yeah. But, uh, so like <laughs> there, there is some good, solid Christian music, the music that is actually glorifying to God in lyric and uh, music itself. So yeah. who, who do you think is actually, who would you like actually listen to and take time to be like, oh, this guy is actually good. This guy's solid in some way, mm -hmm. guy or girl or group. Uh, for me, like for Christian music, yeah, um, it's hard now because like stuff that blows me away now is like this super theological, doctrinal, um, like beautiful eulogy 
or okay. Shylin or something like the, a lot of hip hop, uh, hard reformed Calvinist hip hop stuff that's out there. It's actually really good. And, but it's hard too, because it's like being a Christian, hearing a Christian song that, that wouldn't affect somebody who doesn't have a relationship with Christ. Like that can blow my socks off because I know God. Right. And that's, but someone who doesn't is like, well, they're talking about someone I don't know. Like, I, don't I mean, understand. that's the problem like, when it's I, like technical, I, theological hip hop. Like, I need thee, you know, it uh-huh. is like, I need thee every hour. Like, holy crap. Like, that's like, <laughs> it really, because because we, we have a, we, we, we know God and we want to please him. And we understand how that, that battle uh, between what we want in the flesh and you know what we want to please god but you know spirit is willing the flesh is weak we know that battle we know that that's an aspect of of our life that we know that people don't know god they don't know that battle they don't worry about that they're not worried about pleasing god so they have no battle so so when a song talks about that struggle of like uh wanting to please god but sinning and and just the, the you know that whole battle that's going to hit us differently than it's going to hit someone who does not have a relationship with god a uh, peaceful relationship with god but um so it's hard to say like there was there's a song by uh life lifehouse uh-huh. um called uh uh i forget what it was called uh, it's like uh you're all i want or um and I, I can't remember. I'll, I'll, I'll post it because there's this church that did a skit to it. And again, <laughs> uh, this sounds cheesy, right? This sounds like, For sure. what are you talking about? This, right. it, 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 like I watch it and I see the cheese and I see the corny, like, it's like, oh, this is so corny, but like I'm in tears, like after like the end of it. And, but it, but it's because I, I know what they're saying. I know that struggle with the world and, and, and things that the world has to offer and, and rejecting those um, and, and, tr- and wanting to follow God. And so like just knowing that and seeing that displayed in an artistic form is like, whoa, that's, that's super crazy. Um, but I would say like, just overall, like more mainstream, I'll say Reliant K. I mean, Reliant K I think is just a really good band. They have, they just, they know what they're doing. He knows, he knows how to write a song. Um you know, it's just very clever, very uh, like I like a, a lot of like punny stuff. Like he has this one lyric was like, "I'm I'm sweeping up the seconds that tick off the clock. I'm saving them for later to when I'm too ticked to talk." <laughs> and it's like, wow, it's, it's got kind of layers there. So so it's it's like writing like that. Um, but then also like one of my favorite songs is "I Am Understood" by mm, Ryan K. Great song. And, Man, like that, that's just, it's amazing because it is all about like, you, you know, I, before I even speak, you know, you, you, you know my th- thoughts and before I even speak are so simple, yet so beautiful. And like, so it is just this, because I, I think that's a lot of something, especially in high school, growing up hearing that, because there's a lot of like, I'm not understood. Like, right. I just can't express what I'm saying. I don't know. I have these feelings, I have these thoughts, and I just want to express them. And just to know that God knows that and you don't have to articulate it perfectly, that the Holy Spirit can intercede for that and like intercede for your prayer and like you are understood is a big deal. That that's a big deal to like for at least in high school for me was was huge. But Reliant K is really, really freaking good. I can listen to a whole album just all the way through. Mm-hmm. It's really they're not, they're not hit and miss at all for me. I just love everything they do. <laughs> well, uh, uh, what was the K one he really wrote? Good. Uh Forget and Not Slow Down. Man, that is yeah. a heavy, honest album. So yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, I've the, been listening mm-hmm. to uh, their album mm-hmm, is 
It's, it's really a really good great. one too. Yeah, no, that's a re- solid yeah, one. Like I, who I am, who I am, who I've been, and I, I hope I so hate consequences. You know, like I so hate consequences. Uh, running from God, you is like, my best defenses. Yeah, it's like, could we just stop right there and just like, can I just say I'm sorry and just leave it at that, you know, because I don't want to look at the things I've done. It's like, we just want to apologize. We don't want to face any sort of consequences. And it's like, can I just say I'm sorry and be done with it? Can we just move past this? You know, (laughs) and it's a lot of thoughts like that, that uh, I think especially Christians have that, that are really played out, like that's really well articulated by Reliant K. So, man, they're, they're, and they're just good songs, uh, just good music. Two Lefts Don't Make a Right might be my favorite album they put out. I think yeah. Jefferson Airplane <laughs> might be their best song. I love that song still. <laughs> it's still yeah, good. It's good. But uh, I've been, yeah. I've started listening to John Mark McMillan last year. Yeah. I don't know if you ever listened. It's a little more uh, if you like like Mumford and Sons or Iron and Wine. He's kind of in that vein. But David Crowder band with that. I would yeah, say. yeah. He wrote David uh, band. Well, what's John Mark McMillan wrote? How he loves uh, what for David that like David Crowder made famous. Yeah, that's the sloppy wet kiss version. Yes. Not the, <laughs> yes. Not the unforeseen kiss version. Yeah. Oh man, but he has a he put out an album called Mercury and Lightning that's really good. Um he has a, a lyric in there that's that's like it's like cutting to the core. It's like you said, like when you struggled with it, it hits so much harder where it's it's uh talking about how the lyric is all the and come to find out all the things I do to feel young only make me old. Hmm. It's like that idea yeah, of like the, right? the things that I pursued. It's I like just make, yeah, it was like oh that hurt, that one hit hard. Kind of pathetic, kind of yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, Rich Mullins <laughs> always has been cool too. I love Rich Mullins. He's like next level as Rich far Mullins as lyrics too. and theology go. And watching him play a dulcimer, which I've never seen before, was <laughs> pretty yeah. cool. I'd say I'd say uh, David Crowder is a big one. They're really yeah. like skilled, right? Uh, musically just like really great musicians and just amazing songwriters and, and just performers and it's all solid stuff but they have a song you are my joy where he's just like screaming that like you are my joy you are my joy and then um you know you set me on fire uh i can't i can't remember like it's, it's like so good but it's just talking about like just this exploding out of you just i can't help it but praise god and just like you are my joy that's it. And even like if you can, the old early 90s Newsboy stuff is still pretty good. Take Me to Your Leader is a great album. Yeah. So going good. public, going public is good too. The Truth or Consequences song, where like the guy's talking about like um, uh, the girl falling for the bad guy and stuff. And, uh, you know, it was like <laughs> Poster Child for the Christian single, uh, Dumb Not More Than a Birdhouse shingle. <laughs> and he's talking about like, being a Christian and dating. And then the girl's like just going for these douchebags or right. something and it's like well why like what is that you know and they talk about love that waits its turn and stuff mm-hmm. and it's, it's really good it's just like again that was this like stuff that steve taylor wrote that song and he actually like has that voiceover in that song and uh again it was just, nobody was talking about christian dating in music like that wasn't a thing back then like early 90s so for the newsboys they're doing that christian but dating, talk is really good. yeah christian dating wasn't a thing you were supposed to kiss a goodbye <laughs> and that was you courted that was how you did it <laughs> Dude, I'm waiting for Joshua Harris to come out with I Kiss Dating Girls Goodbye. This is gay book. <laughs> and we'll do a I'm review of it. I'm waiting for it. Sorry, divorced his wife and rejected yeah, Christianity. Just, I'm just waiting for the I Kiss the final, Dating Girls. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
And what a great way to hide that too, to just say, oh, I, can, I don't date. Like, well, now we yeah. know why. <laughs> so uh, just because we got a request to talk about old hymns. Um, I like old hymns, especially growing up in Baptist church. Like, you know, we I knew a lot of old. I kind of like old hymns more than I like modern worship. Yeah. Well, like, if you want solid theology, I mean, oh, some yeah, of those, sure. especially like Christmas carols, yes. like, have a lot of like solid theology, yes. like joy to the world. Mm. Joy to the world is like solid, you know, talk about the, the, the rocks, hills and plains redeem the sounding joy. You know, it's like just the earth, the rocks are crying out, you know, in, so even Hark the, Herald, Hark the Herald angels sing is like pretty solid. He's just talking about like, uh, Oh no, it's uh We Three Kings where it has it has the whole line about um see him now, we crown him arise, God and king and sacrifice. Like that's a real heavy idea boiled down into a really simple lyric, just to think about yes, he's yep. God and also king and also sacrifice, like whoa, all in one. Yeah. Whole, yeah. So um him, Stars of Clay has, yeah. uh has an album that I would recommend. Actually, um if I could recommend one album to everybody listening, it would be that okay. it would be Jaws of Clay album called redemption songs um i remember that and it's man it's it's them playing uh old songs like old kind of hymns mm -hmm. uh slightly updated they're not rock it's not right. rock it's more kind of uh folky a little bit but man it's really freaking good um they have a lot of uh good songs like there's one uh let us love and sing and wonder um, that's a really good one. Or, uh, God be merciful to me. It's like a, a, a song of Psalm 51. Okay. Um, well, like I am evil born in sin without desirous truth within, and, you know, mm -hmm. um, turn my contrite heart. It, it's just like, really like I am evil born in sin. You desire truth within. And like, it's, it's really, really freaking good. It's just like good. It's awesome. And it sounds great. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, I would, that's, I would for sure. That's a good one. If you got Spotify, John Mark McMillan, Mercury and Lightning is such a good album. It's so good, like front to back. It's one of those you can put on and listen to the whole thing all the way through. And if you if you if you wasted part of your life, you're really gonna relate to it because <laughs> all of it's about that idea of like, yeah, I did it all and it, it did nothing for me. Like this is nowhere. He's got a yeah. Um, a line talking about I've been, it, the whole idea of it's called Mercury and Lightning because it has he talks about how he used to think of God the way the Greeks thought of God like he was a deity and he was powerful mm. but he wasn't personal and he said that yeah. when, he, when he got to the end of his rope it felt like trying to chase down um, Hermes like you can't catch him but you're trying to chase him and you're trying to run mm. you're trying to grab him. to him that's what it felt like pursuing God all those years and now he's at a mm. point of like okay I'm done with my pursuit of God, like I'm just going to live in the brokenness and admit that I can't do anything in myself to fix what's wrong with me. And like, that's where you find him, not chasing him with the, the right things to say or the right things to do or the whole self-righteousness doesn't work. That's really good. Or also yeah. the, the metal version of a mighty fortress from, uh, from uh, radio free Geneva. <laughs> <laughs> um, who sings that? I don't know. I've never been able to like track I've never been I able to track that time. down. It's the... it, but it's not like I can't oh, find an my... album. It's <laughs> it is all God. Yeah, it's, it's the so like good. Petra version or something. Oh, it's, it's like awesome. it's like Striper or Petra or something. Yeah, uh, I want to read. Uh, maybe... Yeah, 
uh, maybe we can end it with this because it's getting late. Um, this this is the this is the lyrics to one of those songs to God be merciful to me. Um, it's it's so it's so good. Um, it says uh, God be merciful to me. On Thy grace I rest my plea. Plenteous in compassion Thou blot out my transgression now. Uh, that wash me, make me pure within. Cleanse, oh, cleanse me from my sin. My transgressions I confess, grief and guilt my soul oppress. I have sinned against thy grace and provoked thee to thy face. I confess thy judgment just, speechless I thy mercy trust. I am evil born in sin, thou desirest truth within. Thou alone my Savior art, teach thy wisdom to my heart. Make me pure, thy grace bestow, wash me whiter than the snow. Gracious God, my heart renew, make my spirit right and true. Thy salvation's joy impart, steadfast make my willing heart. Broken, humbled to the dust, by thy wrath and judgment just. Let my contrite heart rejoice and in gladness hear thy voice. From my sins, oh, hide thy face, blot them out in boundless grace. Mm. God, it's, su- it's such a like, you are God and, and I am man. And, and it's a, that is such a God-centered song that is that is like, True worship, true glorification of God through music and, and lyrics, and it's so good. Redemption songs by Jars of Clay. Spotify that awesome. you won't regret. It. It's really cool. good. So thanks everyone for coming on with us tonight. Uh, we hope yeah. it was edifying. We hope it was clarifying in some things. Uh, yeah. You know, you don't have to feel guilty for listening to stuff that's not on Caleb, but uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> be wise with what you do. Yeah, so, discernment, uh, wisdom, discernment, and just know the Bible, know God's truth, and and make. Glorify God and God-centered and not man-centered with what you do. Speaking of Spotify, we're on Spotify, so find us on there. Podcast episodes are up. We're also yeah. on YouTube, and uh, we'll see you guys next week with Abby. Hopefully, she'll be back. So we'll see you guys then. Yeah. Right. All right. See y'all.